Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, President of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Welcome to Israel and You. So good to be with you. We're beginning a new year, and we're going to talk on the show uh, this evening about the why of anti-Semitism. And you you see anti-Semitism spreading across America, across the globe, especially on college campuses where anti-Semitic college professors are trying to sway the minds of a defenseless group of young people that have come in with open minds and they're being filled with this anti-Semitic rhetoric. And so where does all this come from? You know, why is it that anti-Semitism always focuses on the weak and uh, especially the young? Well, in Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 17, remember when Egypt uh, allowed the Israelites to go after the 10 plagues and the Israelites fled from Egypt, uh, they were attacked by the Amalekites. And in Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 17, it says, Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you came out of Egypt, how he attacked you on the way when you were faint and weary and cut off your tail, those who were lagging behind, and he did not fear God. What the scripture is saying here is that the Amalekites did not fear God. They had no fear for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Therefore, when the Lord your God has given you rest from all your enemies around you in the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess, you shall blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. You shall not forget. So what God's saying there is because what the Amalekites did to the children of Israel, they attacked the weak and the defenseless. They really had nothing to gain. Uh, because these were slaves coming out of uh, all these hundreds of years of slavery in Egypt. And in verse 18 of Deuteronomy 25, it says they had no fear of God. And so they cut down the weak and uh, the vulnerable. And that is the same spirit uh, today that is attacking Jewish people. They attack the weak and the vulnerable. And then you remember from Exodus chapter 17, verse 8 through 16, it, it says this, Then Amalek came out and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek, while Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it while Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And by the way, it's it's very wearisome fighting against this spirit of Amalek, which is anti-Semitism. And so leaders today, we need to hold up their hands as they're fighting this Amalekite spirit. And then it says, so his hands were steady until the going down of the sun and Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it, the Lord is my banner saying, 
a hand upon the throne of the Lord. The Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. And that has stood true for century after century that the spirit of Amalek always attacks God's people. And he starts uh, with the weak and the vulnerable. Remember in the book of Esther, Haman was an Amalekite. And what did he do? He attacked and wrote a decree that he might attack the weak and the vulnerable Jews in all the providences of uh, the Persian Empire. Uh, Remember Hitler. And some have done genealogies. In fact, the Jewish rabbis in the 1930s proclaimed that Hitler himself was an Amalekite. And there's this pattern of the spirit of Amalek that attacks Jews who are most vulnerable. And God says there in Exodus 17, 8 through 16, that we will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Uh, Haman had 10 sons. And they were hung on the gallows with him. It's interesting that Hitler, he had 10 henchmen that were hung on the gallows after the Nuremberg trials. And there was actually 11, but Hermann Goring uh, committed suicide in his cell before the other 10 were, were put to death on the gallows. And as they were being hung, one of these henchmen of Adolf Hitler, his name was Julius Schweitzer, and they put the noose around his neck, and before he was hung, he shouted out, Purim 1946. What was he saying? Well, he had made a declaration years prior that the Jews should not be able to celebrate the Feast of Esther, the Feast of Purim, uh, because he said you know, that we don't want to see the Jews ever uh, see their God turn the tables <clears throat> on us. So these Nazis had no fear of the God of Israel. But as he was being hung, Julius Schweitzer said, Purim 1946, what was he saying? That God has turned the tables uh, on the Nazis and uh, the Jewish people have been delivered. And so Haman had 10 sons. Hitler had 10 henchmen that were hung at Nuremberg. And we see a final Amalekite uh, spirit rise in the last days. He's known as the Antichrist, and he will be anti-God. He'll have no fear of the God of Israel. So Haman had 10 sons, uh, Hitler had 10 henchmen, and this Antichrist, he will have 10 nations in the 10 nations common market. So the Antichrist spirit of Amalek is rising against both Jews and Christians in these last days of time. But the promise of God stands true in Exodus 17, verse 14. I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek under heaven. And so the spirit of Amalek always starts with persecuting and attacking the weak and the vulnerable. Just this week in uh, Auschwitz, right outside the death camp Auschwitz, there's a Jewish cemetery Uh, which is uh, near Krakow, Poland. And in this Jewish cemetery just this week, some uh, anti-Semitic vandals came and they wrote swastikas all throughout the, the cemetery. So the Jewish people, even in their death, they can't rest in peace. These are the weak and the vulnerable, these, these cemeteries, the, the, uh, the gravestones. So the anti-Semite, that, that Amalekite spirit that attacks the weak and the vulnerable, they, they are defacing cemeteries all over the planet today. Why is that? Because Amal- Amalek always goes after the weak and the vulnerable, be they Christians or Jews. In the Holocaust, there was 1.5 million children burned in the gas chambers or shot point blank. It's interesting that uh, AFA, 
uh, right now is is doing a feature on the Holocaust Children's Museum, which is in Memphis, Tennessee. And it's a beautiful museum that that honors these 1.5 million children that were put to death by, by the Nazis. And so my family in Ukraine, the, the little village of Trostanets, it's kind of like the Fiddler on the Roof um, film. <clears throat> these these Jewish people that lived there were there were poor Jewish farmers, and so my family, Shlomo Boxerman, and uh, his wife Sima, their children, their grandchildren, seventeen people in their family, they were dragged out of their home into the street, and the Eisengruppen, which were young Nazi soldiers, uh, they opened fire and shot my family point blank. One of them survived and was able to tell the story to the rest of the family of, of how our family was put to death. But they were weak and vulnerable <clears throat> people all through Europe that were rounded up in every crack and fissure of Europe and uh, put to death either through gassing or through starvation or torture or through bullets. And <clears throat> so my cousin today lives down in Sorot, Israel. Uh, she is a survivor of the Holocaust. Her, her, her mother was the one that survived uh, the killing in um, Trasanets, Belarusa. And today there's rocket fire uh, coming from Hamas in uh, the Gaza Strip, heading into Sorot, Israel, uh, taking out Jews and, and harming them. So the weak and the vulnerable, that's what Amalek does. He comes after the weak and the vulnerable to try to destroy. So today we're seeing this anti-Semitic spirit of Amalek flourish on college campuses. Why is this? Because young people are going to these campuses and an army of professors, they don't fear God, uh, an army of uh, radical anti-Israel groups have descended on these campuses to sway the minds of young students. These are the future leaders. So they were, they're taking them while they're young to try to sway their minds to be anti-Israel and anti-Semitic. And <clears throat> this is also happening on evangelical college campuses where our organization is working uh, to try to uh, stem the tide of this, this uh, terrible rise of anti-Israelism, anti-Semitism on these campuses. And if we continue to go in this the same rate that we're heading today, <clears throat> evangelicalism will be anti-Israel within the next 10 years. And this is a harrowing uh, fact to consider. In the Middle Ages, anti-Semitism was based on religion. Jews were hated because of their faith, and their faith was different than Christianity. So many uh, churches rose up against the Jews in their community because their religion was different. In the 19th and 20th century, anti-Semitism was based on race, Jews were hated because they were not considered to even be part of the human race. They were they were called apes or monkeys, or they were seen as an octopus t type of creature that would uh, slither into all aspects of society. So they were hated because of their race. Today, anti-Semitism is based on human rights, and whenever you hear Jews uh, should be condemned because they're violating human rights. In the land of Israel, you were hearing the new anti-Semitism. Uh, our new book coming out in just a few weeks is called The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of Anti-Semitism and What We Can Do to Stop It. One of the uh, authors of one of the chapters is Dr. Jay Sekulow from the American Center of Law and Justice, and he writes about 
uh, what's happening today in the International Criminal Court at The Hague. And this criminal court is under the auspices of the United Nations. And this court has brought uh, human rights violations against the nations of the earth. And, and what nation would you think has the most human rights violations coming from the International Criminal Court in The Hague? Well, of course, it's Israel. You would think they would bring violations against China or Syria, but no, 85% of the human rights violations coming from the International Criminal Court are against the tiny little state of Israel. And so <clears throat> it's the issue of human rights that's giving clearance for anti-Semitic professors, anti-Israel groups, and the BDS movement to flourish in universities all across America today. And what is the BDS movement? It is the boycott, divestment, and sanction of the state of Israel. You've heard of the com company SodaStream. Well, SodaStream said, we're going to build our factory uh, in Judea Samaria, which is also known as the West Bank, and we're going to employ Palestinian people. So they employed about 500 Palestinians as well as uh, Jewish people. The company was flourishing, and that was a bad optic for the BDS movement. And so they did everything to shut down uh, SodaStream, and SodaStream eventually had to move out of the West Bank. And hundreds of Palestinian people lost their health insurance. They lost their jobs as a result. And so the BDS movement doesn't want there to be <clears throat> any, you know, fair-minded optic of, hey, the Jewish people are really not violating human rights. Uh, they're supplying water and food to the Palestinians. Right now, the uh, state of Israel is responsible for inoculating the Palestinian people against this virus. And so Israel is doing everything. They're the greatest uh, exporter of water in that region, and they supply the water uh, to the Palestinian people. So they are not violating human rights. And so this is the new anti-Semitism that we're seeing today spread on college campuses nationwide. And you can help Israel team hold up our arms as uh, Aaron and Hur held up the arms of Moses as he was fighting against this anti-Semitic uh, anti-Jewish spirit of Amalek that was attacking the weak and the vulnerable Jewish people. So that's what we do as an organization. We stand for our Jewish friends. Uh, we do all that we can to uh, fight against the spirit of Amalek, this anti-Semitic spirit that's rising in America today, and especially on college campuses. So when we come back on the other side, we're going to look at what Germany did in the 1930s on college campuses. That's where they started uh, fomenting their hate against Jews. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, this is Aaron Free, and I'm so excited to announce that coming out in the month of January is our new publication, a book entitled The Casualty of Contempt, The Alarming Rise of Anti-Semitism and What Can Be Done to Stop It. The FBI says that in the last year, there's been a 37% rise of anti-Semitic activity in the United States. And so this book, we confront this issue. And as Christians, we cannot remain silent in the face of growing anti-Semitism on college campuses that are secular and on Christian campuses. And so we're seeing that this rise of anti-Semitism causing so many of our young evangelical students to turn away from Israel. In the Middle Ages, Jews were persecuted because of their religion. In the 19th and 20th centuries, they were reviled because of their race. 
Today, Jews are attacked and hated because of their nation-state Israel. Denying Jews the right of self-determination in their own land is the new anti-Semitism. For centuries, anti-Semites have justified their hatred of the Jews. In the Middle Ages, it was religion. During the Holocaust, it was science and the study of race. Jews were seen as not even part of the human race, and they were exterminated. Today, it's human rights. And whenever you hear people proclaim that Jews are not supporting human rights, you are hearing the new anti-Semitism. On college campuses, we're hearing the mantra, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. That means that they're trying to ethnically cleanse Israel of all Jews. This month, we have a special offer for $50 if you go to israelteam.org and for a donation of $50, we'll mail you an autographed copy of this book. Some of the authors are Jay Sekulow from the American Center for Law and Justice, Stuart Roth from the American Center of Law and Justice, Coach Bruce Pearl from Auburn University, Coach Dale Brown from LSU. So go to israelteam.org, join the fight with us, and we will send you this wonderful new book, The Casualty of Contempt. This is Israel in You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Hey, welcome back to Israel and You, and we're going to look at what happened in Nazi Germany on college campuses prior to the beginning of the Holocaust in the late 1930s. What was going on? Well, you've heard of the uh, proverbial statement, the canary in the coal mine. Deep in the hills of West Virginia, tragedy often struck without warning. Early coal miners did not have the technology that we have today to help them detect the toxic, life-threatening gases in new coal seams. So many miners lost their lives because the mines did not have proper ventilation system. So to save human lives, they learned that if they would bring a caged canary into the mine with them, they could provide the sign of imminent catastrophe they sought. So canaries are ultra-sensitive to methane and carbon monoxide gases. As long as the canary was singing, the miners were safe. But should the canary stop singing and become faint or even die, the miners would have a small window of opportunity to escape with their lives. The canary became the centerpiece of life in the mine. So you can imagine that every miner listened to the song of the canary. A silent canary cage was the sign of impending doom and signal for immediate action and evacuation. If the miners didn't hear the canary chirping and singing, they would say, you know what, there's methane gas Uh, carbon monoxide gases flowing through the mine. Let's get out of here. So college campus anti-Semitism is like the canary in the coal mine. It acts as an early warning sign that as a hideous cancer has begun to metastasize in our culture. It's the sign that a gradual suffocation has begun that will eventually lead to a choking out of the life of a nation. Why is this? Because anti-Semitism is the world's most consistent hatred that when allowed to go unchecked will breed all kinds of hatred and bigotry. Germans in the 1930s were not listening to the canary in the coal mine. They didn't pay close attention to the early warning sign of anti-Semitism. The main target of the Nazis were the Jews and they exterminated 6 million Jewish men, women, and children. But the Nazis didn't stop with the Jews. They began with the Jews, but they didn't stop with the Jews. They also murdered Roma gypsies, Slavs, Poles, the disabled, the infirmed, uh, homosexuals, priests, pastors, non-Jewish victims of the Holocaust were a multitude, probably about five or six million that they also murdered. The late Rabbi Sachs says, 
Anti-Semitism is the world's most reliable early warning sign of a major threat to freedom, humanity, and the dignity of difference. It matters to all of us, which is why we must fight it together. And so that's what Israel team is doing. We are fighting anti-Semitism, and we ask you to help hold up our arms as we fight this battle. In Nazi Germany, the first thing Hitler did when he took power in 1933 was to purge German universities of their Jewish faculty. He also removed non-Jewish faculty who would not submit to the Nazi anti-Semitic ideology. With resistance eliminated, the Nazis now had a willing group of educators who would proclaim the Nazi tenets of a master Aryan race that was destined to rule the world by first removing the Jews. As a result, universities across Germany became control centers, purposed to sway the hearts and minds of students to embrace anti-Semitism. And we're seeing the same Amalekite spirit of taking control of our university systems today, both secular and Christian universities. I was recently on a Christian university campus up in uh, the Chicago area and sat down for lunch with a professor uh, who told me he had written a pro-Israel article for a conservative uh, magazine, and there was such turmoil on campus that the president of the university uh, tried to silence him tried to fire him. There was a riot on campus. And this is a Christian university. So what's happening is uh, anti-Semitic professors are going into these universities with groups like the, the BDS movement, the Boycott, Divestment, and Sanction of Israel movement, the Student for Justice, uh, Justice of Palestine movement, and they're trying to sway the hearts and the minds of, of young people that are you know, coming in out of high school, their, their minds are open, and these professors are doing everything to fill their hearts with an anti-Israel argument. And so that's what's happening. The, the university system is being taken over by, by an anti-Semitic spirit. So that's the day that we're living in. And I want to give you a word of encouragement as we we finish the program today. It says in Esther 4.14, and remember, Esther is fighting uh, Haman, who was an Amalekite, trying to annihilate all the Jewish people in the provinces of the Persian Empire. And Mordecai, her uncle, uh, said to Esther, Esther 4.14, if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jewish people from another place. And you see, that is God's program in these last days of time, relief and deliverance. Another translation says uh, enlargement and deliverance. And that's God's uh, desire is to not only deliver us uh, from the spirit of Amalek, this antichrist spirit in our generation, but to also enlarge our borders. If you look at the tiny state of Israel, whenever they were attacked, uh, God just continued to enlarge their borders. And that is, that is a truth of God. So uh, as believing saints, uh, we do believe today, I believe today, that in the present situation happening in America, for the saints, God is going to deliver us and enlarge us. And remember, in the last rise of the Antichrist Amalekite spirit, in the last days of time, there will be the, the same uh, uh, 10 kingdoms. Uh, Haman had 10 sons, Hitler had 10 henchmen, and the Antichrist will have 10 kingdoms. We're seeing this Amalekite spirit just 
uh, it's the same pattern throughout generation after generation. And God says, uh, I will see to it that one day I will utterly wipe out the memory of Amalek. And so we know that one day the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he must reign. It's interesting that the 10 sons of Haman, they had names. You can find this in the book of Esther. And um, it's in Esther chapter 9. I wrote a book called The Decree of Esther, and it's all about how Esther and Mordecai defeated this uh, Amalekite spirit. The ten sons have interesting Persian names. Their English translations are telling. Uh, Pershandath means meddler or busybody. Dolphin means self-pity. Aspa means self-sufficient. Paratha means self-indulgent. Adelai means inferiority or self-conscious. Adratha means strong self-will. Pramasha means preeminent self or competitive. Arisia means imprudent self. Arasdia means proud, haughty, superior. And Vajith means uh, self-righteous. And so it's very prudent for us as believers in this time where we're seeing just this spirit of Amalek, this Antichrist spirit rise in our generation. It's very prudent for us to be people of the book and uh, a, a chapter that I'm reading most recently is how do I respond about what's going on in this world? Well, I'll tell you what, I don't want to be self-indulgent, self-sufficient. I don't want to be filled with self-will or self-righteousness. I don't want to be proud or haughty or superior. We, we don't fight uh, the spirit of Amalek by using uh, the same spirit that drives him. And Haman's sons were driven by all these these issues. And so we don't adopt that kind of lifestyle as the saints of God. Uh, the way that uh, we stand in these very difficult days, rather than becoming violent or hateful and trying to fight uh, anger with anger, uh, a, a great chapter to read is Matthew chapter 5, one of the probably, I think, the greatest sermons ever preached in human history. It's the Sermon on the Mount. And here's what Jesus said. He opened his mouth and taught, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Uh, scripture says, uh, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So it's really a time for us saints to purposely seek after the ultimate kingdom of God. I mean, the kingdom of God is, is not coming from Washington, D.C. The kingdom of God is established in heaven, uh, on heaven's throne uh, for all of eternity. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And I, I really pray that we would be peacemakers during these days. And then it says in verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for yours. Reward is great in heaven, for they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So these are the days to be peacemakers, to be meek, for the meek will inherit the earth. So we'll see you next week on Israel and You.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.